Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. All right, but the ascension of Jesus into heaven 40 days after he rose from the dead. And his ascension, as we're going to find out, is, is, is proof that we will follow him home to heaven. We have some meat to chew on today. From the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Christians in Ephesus, chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. We would need a three or four week Bible study to really do justice to the whole text. We'll scratch at the surface just a little bit. All right, Ephesians 4, 7 to 16. Paul writes, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. We've got to explain that line first. We always think of grace as God's undeserved love for the sinner. He sent Jesus to die for us when we were still sinning. We didn't deserve to be saved. That's God's undeserved love. Paul's using the term in the same way here, but differently. We're going to find out that all of us are gifted by God for service in the church. That's undeserved love, too. We don't deserve God's gift any more than we deserve salvation through faith in Jesus, but God gives it to us. We tend to call this God's bestowing grace, his gifting grace, okay? So, but to each one of us, grace, his gifting grace, has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that The body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's a lot of words from our God. Let's see if we can mine it just a touch. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, what was your reason for joining the church? I'm sure whatever your reason was, it was a good one. Maybe it was practical back in the day. Babies needed baptizing, children get married, funerals happen. And so the church is a comfort and, it, and it's, it's a convenient extra in, in, in life and a support system, right? Maybe your reason for joining the church was financial. 
You simply wanted to give back to God some gifts from all of the gifts he'd given to you. And the church is a convenient way to do that. Or on the flip side, maybe you thought, wow, the tuition break for being a member at, at the church, the tuition break at school, is a pretty good reason to be a member. And since then, you found a really nice church home. Maybe being a member is still very much... Well, that's Velcroed down. I don't want to step on that. All right. Um, is still very much a social thing. You've been a member maybe here for 55, 75 years. You were born into the church, and you can't imagine living life any differently than having a family reunion before or after the bridge every Sunday. God's blessings to you are amazing. It is amazing the things God uses to draw people to himself and to draw us to the hearing of his word. And what's even more amazing is what God does with us when we're here. He draws us to himself, and week after week, he reminds us of this amazing truth that he sent his son Jesus to save the world from sin and then to change us. And how big is that change? Well, from our reading... It's obvious that Jesus descended in a big way to make a difference in this world. Let's tap back into what Paul said. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. What's all of that saying? Well, in brief, Christmas was a big deal, wasn't it? I'm not sure that the shepherds really understood what they were hearing and seeing on Christmas Day. That God had become man. The angel Gabriel had said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Son of God descended to this earth to become human. God and man in one person. And he came to earth, Paul just told us, to take captives. To overcome our enemies. Now, what are the enemies of humankind? Well, the Bible lays them down as sin, death, and hell, and Satan. Paul spoke this way to the Romans. He said, the wages of sin, our sin, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin, physical death, and separation from God forever in hell are the enemies of humankind. The sin that lives in us, the death that none of us in this room will avoid unless Jesus comes in the clouds of heaven before we die. And this separation from God forever in hell, that's coming at us. Except for the fact that the Son of God descended to this earth, took on human flesh, 
and gave to us the forgiveness of sins by being the difference in our world. God tells us, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Paul again again said, when he ascended on high, he took many captives, having defeated them and gave gifts to his people. In other words, sin and death and hell no longer have control over our lives because Jesus took them captive when he died on the cross for our sins. Which leads us to our first food for thought today. This thought, the church is not a -a Build-A-Bear store. Raise your hand if you have been to Build-A-Bear. Okay, Raise your hand if you have a -a Build-A-Bear animal with you today. Okay, well, okay, Cheryl, who still has a -a Build-A-Bear toy of their own? All right, Build-A-Bear. It's been at least 23 years since I've been to Build-A-Bear, when my girls were small enough to want to go. But I think the process is still the same. You go there and you pick out the shell, the skin that you want. And you stuff it as full as you want. And then they sew it shut for you. And then you decorate your Build-A-Bear according to your tastes and your color scheme. Right? Well, it's good for us to ponder that the church is not a -a Build-A-Bear store. We don't come here to dress up our God according to our likes and tastes, do we? It's not like, well, my God is okay with this little indiscretion in my life, and and my God is good with this thing about me. My God likes me just the way I am. Well, in reality, no, Christmas was a big deal. The Son of God came to earth, took on human flesh, became man to take captive sin and death, and hell. All sin and all death, so that they would never plague us or control our lives again. Take a look at the Ten Commandments. Think your way through them. Ponder the sins that they forbid. Ponder the results of sin that will always come. And if any sin is still ruling our lives, God would say, repent of that sin. Turn away from it and in faith turn to God for forgiveness and for freedom in Jesus. For our God will never be a dress-up God to our liking. Our God will always be God, just and holy and loving. Always working to root out the sin in our lives so that it stops hurting us, stops enslaving us, and so that he frees us. Leaving behind Build-A-Bear, Paul goes on. I'll read one verse before what's on the screen. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. He took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, every year about this time, we as a church revisit the ascension of Jesus into heaven. 
And it's very much like we're standing there with the 11 apostles watching him rise from the earth, be hidden from the crowd, by the clouds, and we're thinking to ourselves, wait, why now? At the top of your game, why not set up that good old throne of David in Jerusalem and we'll put our king on there, the king who can never die. But you and I know that Jesus ascended with a purpose, don't we? Remember when Jesus died, it is finished, what happened? The curtain in the temple in Jerusalem was torn in two from top to bottom. This was an amazingly big curtain in those days, thick. But God tore it in two from top to bottom. This was the curtain that for almost 1,500 years was a reminder to God's people of Israel that their sin separated them from their God. But when Jesus died and paid for our sins, the way to God was open. And so when Jesus ascended, he ascended to complete his mission. Remember what he said to the disciples the night before he died, I am going there to prepare a place for you. Sin had shut us out from God. Jesus' descent to become man had won for us salvation. His ascent into heaven is the proof that one day we will follow because we have a restored relationship with our Father in heaven. But my friends, Jesus did not leave just to complete phase one of his mission. He also left this earth to push play on phase two. We read earlier and heard earlier this morning. Remember that he had said, I am going to the Father, and you will be my witnesses from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. Go and preach the gospel, Jesus told the apostles. Yes, you and I in phase two of Jesus' mission have been commissioned by Jesus to go and tell the world of his victory over sin and death and hell. And he sent us and then ascended and pushed play and showered his gifts onto his church, onto his people. Gifts of people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to equip God's people for works of service until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God. Which leads us to our next food for thought for the day. And that is the thought that the church is a recipe for success. Did you notice how our verses began? But to each of us, grace, God's gifting love, has been given just as Christ apportioned it or measured it. And I went right to, to baking and measuring that cup of flour precisely dumping into the mixing bowl to make bread. You see, the Bible tells us that all of us are gifted for service in the church. Some of us have, have seemingly uh, more obvious gifts, more visible gifts, more important gifts, it would seem, like preaching a sermon or, or being on stage in the praise band. I kind of equate that to those, those four cups of flour that are dumped into God's big mixing bowl to do something. But then there are those of us who have seemingly less significant gifts. They're less noticeable, but in the eyes of God, they are equally important. 
Like some of you pray for the kingdom of God in the wee hours of the morning every day. And some of you are, are amazing supporters of, of ministry in gifts to God with the quiet click of a mouse from your, your, your study at home. If that is you, then you are the teaspoon of salt that goes into that bowl of flour and the baking of bread. And don't be too impressed, I asked my wife. The, 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 the teaspoon of flour helps bring out some flavor, and it also chills down, cools down the, the fermenting, leavening process of the bread. You see, all of us are gifted by God for service in his church. Jesus simply measures it out according to his weights, his amounts, his purposes. But together, combined, we are the voice of God sharing the good news of Jesus with the world. Together, we are a recipe for success. And then Paul says, then we will no longer be infants, spiritual infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, as each part does its work. You know, every time I teach a new following the promise class, which is St. Paul's and the Bridges' new uh, path to membership if people desire it, I always make sure to some, at some point along the way to tell the class that the class is truly an interview process for those who attend. What I mean by that is it's their job to interview St. Paul's. What kind of church is St. Paul's and the Bridge? Is it a biblical church? Do they teach everything that God says in his word? Or are they a build-a-bear church? Building a God that they like, that fits in their framework of their thinking. I also tell them in the course of the class that my job is to teach all of the basic truths of God's word, including the hard stuff, the difficult stuff. So that they are never blindsided when at the bridge we speak all of God's truth in love. When Paul speaks about speaking the truth in love and he tasks us with that, isn't he talking simply about being a good friend? A good friend always tells us not what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. That's a good friend. Like, hey, dude, you never use your turn signals changing lanes. You're going to kill somebody or me. Or, good friends, don't let friends drive drunk. I'm driving you home. Give me your keys. That's a good friend, right? But imagine if being a good friend for you meant telling your friend, that their sin was not pleasing to God and that their sin would kill them eternally unless they turned away from it and turned to, to Jesus in faith for the forgiveness of sins. Now that messaging 
takes love and patience and persistence and tact. It is an art form speaking the truth in love. Which is why to this day I still like that old Michael W. Smith song, and I'm going to sing over Dion. I didn't tell her about this. But remember the, 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 the Michael W. Smith song, Friends are friends forever when the Lord's the Lord of them. Back at it. Go ahead. Friends are friends forever when the Lord is the Lord of them. Forever friends happen when we speak God's truth in love. Which brings us to our last food for thought. That the church is relevant still in our changing world. Just for the fun of it, raise your hand if you regularly follow the news. Some of us just live in a really a, a, a more happy place because we don't, right? However you follow the news, listening to it, watching it, I tend to watch the news feeds coming across the scroll on my screen. And as you watch and listen and see our changing world, how do you react to the news? Is it like reacting in despair and thinking, what is happening to our world? Why won't people just listen to Jesus? Or do you think to yourself, dear Lord, the church is more relevant than ever. Help us to take Jesus to the world. You see, sin against God will always bring hurt and guilt and despair and pain, no matter how much rhetoric or talk is out there in the world. Encouraging people to sin will not make sin not be a sin. Encouraging people to sin only piles up the hurts. Encouraging people to sin only leads to more broken lives. Broken lives that can only be healed by God's amazing message of the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ and the message of God's unconditional love. And that, my friends, is what we have been tasked with by God. To be Jesus to his world. Speaking the truth in love. It's who we are. It's our commitment. Don't you love how God has changed and is changing us as he drew us near and drew us near to the hearing of his word? You know, Julie is one of the faces on that myriad of faces on the screen. Julie is not thinking about joining a church, being a member of a church. Farthest thing from her mind. But God is drawing her near. You see, Julie's afraid to die. And Julie is afraid of God. She knows he's there. You see, there are, there are layers to Julie, like layers of an onion. And if you would cut down through those layers, there are some truths about Julie's life that may shock most of us, may shock some of us, some of us may shock none of us. But Julie is not sure that the church even wants her, that God even wants her.
But God is tasked with us, tasked us with being Jesus to the world. Julie has heard that somehow God's love is, is active at St. Paul's, and she's intrigued by the bridge. Are you and I ready to be like Jesus to the world? Has God drawn us near enough and close enough? And has God changed us enough so that we can truly love like him? To be like Jesus. Because then we'll be a place where Julie can walk in and hear the truth about her Savior, Jesus, and his unconditional love and the forgiveness of sins and the guarantee that one day we will follow Jesus into heaven. May God grant us the Spirit in this place to love like Jesus and to love the Julies of this world that are coming our way, that are sitting amongst us right now. May God help us be Jesus to his glory and to the loving of souls. Amen. Let's pray. Great God and Lord, we come before you today with thanksgiving and praise that we are products of your work. Heavenly Father, you know our sin. You know the sins we have done. You know the sin we still cling to. You know the struggles each and every day. Help us to be your men and women and children every day to be honest with you and say, Lord, I did it again. Forgive me for Jesus' sake. And then help us love as you have loved because you do forgive us every day because Jesus died for our sins. Help us then to share that love with the world. Our world is becoming more and more a place of hurt as we drift from you. But we don't need to be afraid of that, Lord. Help us to embrace it that we are your people to share with our world your unconditional love and the forgiveness of sins. May we do this all with great patience, with great love, with great tact, as we invite people to the bridge at St. Paul's and just say to them, come and learn of the love of God. No matter the layers that we see or don't see, help us to be a place where they are welcome and help us to be a place where they see that Jesus is a different kind of God than they ever thought because he's a God who leads with love. He leads with forgiveness. After all, he forgave me. So Lord, thank you for drawing us near to yourself today in this place. If you have made us members of a church, cool for us and cool for you. But help us always remember that our purpose now is to invite others to know you as Savior and Lord, and membership in a church might happen. But that's not the key, Lord. The key is a relationship with you and that one day through faith we'll follow your son home to heaven to live with you forever. And now, Lord, we ask you to hear our prayers and our thoughts of heart and mind as we join together in praying the prayer your son Jesus taught us 2,000 years ago. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now, brothers and sisters in Christ, receive with believing hearts the blessing of our God, the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. And together we say, Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.